Hey everybody, welcome back to the Fetch It Podcast. It's myself, Jonathan Waxman, and David Rosenbeck. How you guys doing? I am doing good, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I we had a really interesting guest today, Elon Portnoy. He is amazing. David, what did you love about him? Dude, Elon is a beast. So you you had the luxury of knowing Elon prior to our interview, and so I was going in blind and I was thoroughly impressed with his you know track record that he has going on and uh the businesses that he's been able to put together and the thing that i enjoy the most out of it is because is that he was structuring the majority of this by using partners and so one thing that the vast majority of people say on podcasts on youtube videos whatever is hey if you don't have any money which is a lot of people just bring on a partner and you can make it happen and then it's like okay then where do you go from there like sure i want to bring on a partner but then what's the next step what do I do? So I, okay, I happen to find somebody that's got a hundred grand that they want to invest. Okay. How do I then structure the structure the mortgage how do who takes on the debt how do we transfer the name into or how do we transfer it into an llc that we both own and so we touched on a lot of those things today with elon on top of how to set up a phenomenal management company and he he has a a management company that he currently runs and then how you can double dip on your properties by using not only your own management company but then bringing on a partner and owning a property in tandem and so you're able to not only make money from the property but also make money as the property manager manager in two separate hands, which I think was absolutely fantastic. So I think the listeners are going to get a ton of value out of this. I think it was, I think it was incredible. So for those people that are on their W2 that are looking to say, Hey, like, how do I just create something, a lever to get into real estate? How do I go zero to one without having any money? He will talk about that in, in this, in this podcast on the management side, how to get a property under management to get that 15 to 25% revenue off that property, which is going to be a lot, a lot. And the more you get, you get one, you can show investors that you already have one, lever that into more. Um, just one more thing. I want to thank our listeners for 211 subscribers. And on our last video, we had 1,700 views in less than 24 hours. So we just want to say thank you. And um, of course, we want to bring up our gentlemen's agreement. So anybody listening, please, we work really, really hard to get amazing, interesting guests for you. So if you could click subscribe and like on this video, uh, that would mean a lot because we work really, really hard for you. We're working for you. So it's the least you could do. We really appreciate it. And then uh, one last little nugget that I wanted to throw in there for the listeners. If you stick around close to the end, he starts talking about a trick that I had never heard of. And I've listened to hundreds of hours of podcasts, but a way that you can get realtors working for you to be able to find properties that you can manage for $0 out of your own pocket. You're managing these properties and you're making 10, 15, 20% of gross income of these Airbnbs. So stick around. It's phenomenal. Amazing. Amazing. All right, guys, let's get into it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Fetch It Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, Elon Portnoy, who I hold in very high regard. Hello, Elon. Hello, guys. Thank you so much for having me. This is really fun. Amazing. Amazing. So I think the guests are going to be very interested in hearing your origin story and what you do, because I think there's a lot of people want to get into the real estate, own and manage game and don't know where to start. So I think you're a great and a relatable person and down to earth person and, and you may inspire a lot of folks. So um, without further ado, I'm just going to get right into some questions for you. So um, just a just a basic one. We'll see how this goes. Um, how do you differentiate between a good property management company and a really bad property management company? I'm saying this for myself as somebody who's 
owned a, a building before where I've had some absolute horror stories with tenants. Tell me what you think. Well, well, for first, Yoni's had the uh, luxury of knowing you before this. I, I, I haven't met you until now. I want to hear the little bit of the backstory of Elon Portnoy. Can you give us a little bit of background? Sure. Uh, Yonatan and I actually met. Uh, Yonatan was looking for a roommate in New York, and um, we were roommates for I don't know what was it, Yonatan? A couple months or a couple weeks? We had we had we had a we had a couple months, but uh, we a couple we, weeks that yeah. turned into a couple months. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, and, um, I was working on Mighty Tree, my, my company, Mighty Tree Properties, and Yolantown was sort of getting into this space. Um, and, um, so I, I'm a, a property manager. Um, I own most of the properties and, and manage all of them. Um, I think I started, I started in, um, uh, so originally I, we, I, uh, we bought my, uh, our first property, my friend and I, Jeremy bought our first property in October of 2018. Um, and we were using a property management company. And then, um, I bought a property in December of 2019 that I, I realized I could manage myself. I, I, I didn't know anything about the market, but I just saw what these property managers were doing and figured I could do it too. Um, and then I convinced my business partner, um, to let me manage the our original property also and i i was doing well with it and and so that's that's how my career began in this space um um and i i love it i mean this is just um getting to meet all these people getting to do these podcasts with Jonathan and david um i i think it's it's such a nice community and um and and i love this space so, so between uh, managing and owning, you know, you said that you do a mix of both of them. What's current portfolio look like? Is it like, you know, vast, I'm assuming majority is managing for other people, but then what's personal looking like yeah. versus the management company? So I have a couple different business models. It's changed over time and it's, it's constantly changing. Um, so I'm managing right now. I think it's about 25 properties um, and from those properties, um, I would say, so I, I like to have an ownership stake in all the properties. So all the properties, uh, with the exception of a couple of New York City properties that I'm managing as a favor to family, uh, I, um, the properties are all purchased with the intention of turning them into short-term rentals. So it's it's not like I went out and, and started looking for, for properties that I could manage. Rather, um, I put together investors and I told them, about the opportunity. And, and so I invested part of part equity. So, so, um, it's changed over time. The, the first property was, uh, 50, 50, basically with my business partner. Um, he took out the debt, um, and, and I put in 50% equity. And then after that, um, um, I, I purchased a small cabin in Pigeon Forge. It was $280,000 at the time. Um, and, and then, I started like bootstrapping that and, and buying more stuff. Then that's when I started realizing that there's an opportunity for investors to come in. And so I bought, so then I started raising funds. And so my business, I, I started um, joining, uh, uh, collaborating with, with other, other friends and, and starting, starting funds where we can just put together a couple hundred thousand dollars and purchase one or two properties. Um, and I would put equity. So when I say that, that I'm an owner, it's, it's not really fair to say that I own all of them. It's more to say that I have ownership stake in all of them. Um, 
And right now I, I realize, I mean, as time has gone by, I, I start realizing that there's a really great model also in the property management space, even if I don't own any equity. And so now I'm starting to think about how to grow just, just the property management part of it. Um, and, um, and not necessarily have to own everything that I, that I manage. That's, that's, that's fascinating. Uh, the thing that the, the two things stick out to me is that you got a small cabin, a pigeon forks for 250, <laughs> what you said 280,000. Can you believe it? <laughs> that does not happen anymore. Okay. I mean, that one's worth, that one's worth, uh, probably 600 now. That's... Wow. It's, it's just, it's, uh, you know, I, so much of it is just so much luck. I mean, I got in the perfect time. I mean, it wasn't the perfect time. If I would have gotten in a year earlier, I would have made more money. Yeah. Um, but sure. the, 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 the interest rates were great and the property values have just soared like crazy all over. So for the listeners to hear, so Elon and I have a shared bond over the Pigeon Forge, Smokies, Sevierville area. Cause I bought 21 acres there much later, much later down the line. Once. Once it was already appreciated, I'm not as smart as Elon, unfortunately, but um, they're they're putting a casino and a theme park there. So hopefully that uh, keeps things going. Um, For sure. There's something here I want to dig into that you mentioned is you're interested <laughs> in just the property management part of the firm. Talk maybe to the listeners who maybe they don't know how to raise funds, but they could start creating some side hustle cash by becoming a property manager Talk about maybe some of the fees that you could get as a property manager in the Airbnb space, how it, what it takes, because you said at the beginning, that's how you actually got started in the space. So tell us a little bit about some of the skills and things you need to be doing and what the work style is. Yeah, um, property management is a phenomenal business. I mean, it requires no capital upfront and it's very profitable. Um I think that in order to be a good property man, property management is also very simple. It's not a hard business. Um, so it's, it just, it's, it's in order to, to get started, I'll, I'll first talk about what it means to be a property manager, the fees associated with it. And I'll tell you, I mean, in my opinion, I, I'll allude to the first question that you asked me, which was what, what differentiates between a good property manager and a bad one. I will say that um, people charge anywhere from, on the very, very low end, 15%. And I've seen property management companies charge up to 40%. Um, it's, um, it's a really, um, it's a really simple space. All you have to do is, is ensure that you get guests in, that get, uh, guests have a good time, get good reviews and on to the next one. Um, so it's, it's, it's not a difficult space. I think in order to get into it, um, th that's the harder part because you have to start you have to get an initial person to believe in you, um, to believe that you're a hustler, to believe that um, you could do this. And and once you start having a track record, it's just about getting more properties under management. Um, I, I was lucky to be able to to just demonstrate that track record with with my own with my own property. Um, and um, and now I, I failed to mention in the beginning, but I, I finally got um, two properties that I'm managing uh, for someone else that I, that. I have no ownership taken and um, and um, it's, it's really a lot of hard work. I, like the, the hard work is communicating with the owners. I mean, I, I find, I find the property management portion of it to be super simple and straightforward. And I feel very comfortable in it. What I'm starting to realize is that the relationship with the owner and the specifics of 
like they're so control some of the owners are very controlling and want certain types of guests and want certain type of of fees to be charged they're not sophisticated in that they don't understand oftentimes um the different seasonalities and and the, putting in lower rates and and the protections that we have it's just a lot of things that owners don't understand and hinder the ability of a property manager to be able to extract the most amount of value um Yontan, I see you nodding your head. Yeah, no, I, 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 that makes a lot of sense to me, right? Because, um, even I, this is going to sound silly to the, to the audience, but my, my, my parents have a very large property that they were going to put on Airbnb. And they were talking to me about, like, we want to vet every guest. And as somebody who runs Airbnbs myself, I'm like, you don't get it. You can't, you can't <laughs> do that. You're not, you can't, you can't, you know, and I had another, um, another, this is how I know you're right. Um, my, before I ever launched my first Airbnb, there was a mom and pop landlord in Cleveland that was going to let me do it. But in the, in the sub, in the clause next to the sublease in the contract, he wanted, he wanted to vet every Airbnb guest. And I remember uh, this is before I met you that my mentor at the time was like, nope, move on next. So I can understand how if somebody's a little overly controlling. That's harder than the guest itself, harder than even a party. I mean, it makes me realize how much more of an effort I want to put into just the other model where I'm just raising money and I'm the property owner, or at least I, I act as an owner, even if I don't have a hundred percent equity, at least I'm responsible for the property and I don't have to answer to anyone except for the investors, which aren't, aren't, it's not their house really. They, they don't feel emotionally attached to their house. I should say the way some of these owners do. Um, and um, so I'll jump into the other question you asked about what makes a, a good property manager versus a bad one. I'll say that, like I said, I think it's relatively simple. I think most people could be property managers. Um, I think it comes to, a, for as a property owner, a good property manager will communicate well with you. A good property manager will ensure that um, that the guests are high quality, that um, your property is, is returning the most, the most value um, and your property is being taken care of. From a property manager standpoint, um, when I look at a, when I, when I try to, uh, when I try to improve myself as a property management company, what, I, what I'm looking for is just how do I improve the top line? How am I making more money? Um, without, without depreciating the asset, without hurting, without hurting the, the fur, without destroying the furniture, without, um, having neighbors complain and, and, uh, all sorts of risks that come with that. Um, so, so it just it depends it depends on it depends on which which um it depends on which which angle you're looking at it if it's from a guest perspective or if it's from an owner's perspective or or if it's from an individual trying to start a property management company. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Because I mean, yeah, there definitely is a big difference between um somebody that's just going to answer questions for you and like be that type of property manager to where they're kind of hands off. You know, I mean, I've talked to a lot of short term rental investors over the last you know seven months traveling around versus the people that are really like they're taking ownership of the property and they want to be the one that's making the property thrive and do really well. Because whenever you offer somebody you know twenty percent of the gross income of the property or something like that, then the better that they do, that's the more or more money in their own pocket. So then, it, you know, in, incentivizes people to take ownership of the property and really do well. So, yeah, I, I, with your property management company, I'm sure that's what you guys are doing. And so people can see that they can see whenever somebody's actually really, you know, digging in and wanting to make sure that the property does well. You know, um, David, one thing I'm noticing is that 
taking care of a small property and taking care of a large property are really very similar amounts of work. Um, and I'm starting to realize that I, a lot of property management, uh, the, 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 um, the talk in the industry is how many units do you manage? How many units do you manage? I kind of want to get away from that and start talking about how the value of the assets under management, how much, what, what's the value of your portfolio? Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, I much rather manage a $2 million property um, than manage two $1 million properties because you get twice as many guests with the same amount of money. You have twice as much cost. And, and so um, I'm starting to realize that targeting those really high, high value homes is, is could be much more profitable with, I mean, could be the same amount of profit with less amount of work. That's something I've been realizing recently. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. We we just recently did a podcast with Jeff Alulian, so people can go back and check out the the previous one. But he had a portfolio where he was up to 150 units, with a lot of them being like you know 75, 80, 90 dollar a night properties in LA. And now he said that he took that you know 150 unit empire and niched it down to like 12 properties, and he's got you know like. LA mansions, Malibu homes, stuff like that. Cause he said Amazing. He, he did the exact same thing that you're saying. He realized that a eight bedroom home versus a one bedroom home, it really isn't that much different. Same amount of communication that needs to happen. It's the same turnover process that needs to happen, although a little bit more involved, but he said that it just made more sense to go for, you know, the quality over the quantity because he was still making, you know, roughly the same amount of money. And so I, right. I completely agree with that. I think that's really smart. Yeah. Um, um, so something that I wanted to uh, touch on previously, because I'm actually in that boat. So I'm uh, uh, going to selfishly ask. Um, so I have some investors that are looking to invest money with me. And so I've been trying to figure out the best way to partner with people. And everybody and their brother always on podcasts is like, oh, yeah, just partner with somebody. And then it, they they don't say anything else after that. So really, like the nitty gritty questions that I like to or I, I've been trying to figure out the answers to. And I think a lot of you know new investors that maybe have like two properties and they're tapped out on cash. They're trying to find somebody then that they can bring on because they've got a little bit of experience. You know, they might've had, you know, somebody that got a hold of them that has some cash. And so um, the main things that I think a lot of people don't touch on, and I was curious if you could, is you said that the partner was, you know, he took down the property. He, you know, took the equity in his name. So kind of touch on that, how that worked exactly. Like sure. was the, was the proper, the mortgage only in his name, but both of you are on title or both of you are on title, both of you on the mortgage. And then did you yeah. uh, have it close in his name, transfer it to a joint owned LLC? You know, like the ins and outs of that little bit, there's always that, that part in the middle that everybody neglects to talk about. David, I got to tell you, this is just, it's a, it's an area of this space that is not well-defined yet. Um, I think like you're saying, everyone is looking to do this and there isn't a clear structure on how to do it. I'll, I'll give you my experience. Um, I think so. So the, the first question is really how, how do you, because there's also a fee structure involved. I mean, if, if you're talking, if you're doing it with one partner or two partners, that's one thing. If you're starting, if if you have all of a sudden friends that are saying, I want to put in $50,000, I want to put in $25,000, whatever it is. You want to collect this money and buy a property. You got to, you got to be compensated for the work that you're putting in. Um, and so, it, it's it's um, the way the way hedge funds do it. They're they're charging they're charging uh, uh, an asset management fee, and and it's just it's not well defined what best works in this space. The way we've been doing it um, is we're charging um, we're charging a flat. Um, the asset management, we're charging the, the property management fee, which is my business. 
And then we're also charging a promote, um, which okay. is once they get a certain amount of return, um, we take a fee on that. Um, we're not charging asset management fee. We're not charging acquisition fee, disposition fee. Um, we're not charging any of those fees because we're still we're still trying to prove that this is a viable way of, of investing in this space. Um, I'm happy to get more into that because it's super interesting. Um, but to, to answer your other question about um, actually going uh, going ahead and purchasing properties with partners, um, it's something that we did wrong in the beginning, and and now we're we're learning to make it right. I mean, I was super lucky to have a friend that I trust. And I think that's super important. Um, you, you can't really do it this way without a without a friend that you trust. And and so originally we were both on the we were both on the on the debt. Um, and so because we we just thought that was a fair thing to do. I mean, we're taking out a property. We're both going to be on the debt, right? And and it clearly that, as many listeners might know, that's not the that's not the right approach because. Um, if, if both of the people are on the debt, it makes it harder to get. I mean, you, there's only a certain amount of debt that each individual can take. Um, and so what we're doing now is we're just switching off. I mean, I, I have I have three partners right now that I'm that I'm actively working with. And I'll, I'll, I'll so so Jeremy was my first partner. And with Jeremy, um, we switch off. So he takes on debt, then I take on debt, then he takes on debt. And then after a couple of properties, um, we have got right now is what we're doing since we already took out a couple. Now we're like sort of reevaluating not only number of properties, but also the amount of debt that we have. And so we might do two and one and, and so on. Um, with him, we close the, the property in the name of the person with the debt. And then we're going ahead and transferring title to an LLC. Um, and that's just a joint owned partnership LLC, just simple, uh, simple, straight simple LLC. LLC, simple okay. LLC with, with the, with the side operating agreement. Very simple, like you own this amount, I own this amount, and that's it. Um, that's because I trust him. Um, the, the 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 problem is, I mean, a lot of people might find out that most most lenders do not technically allow a transfer of LLC. Um, once you close in your name, um, you have to ask permission from the lender to tr- to transfer title. It turns out that I mean, everyone does it anyway, um, and no one really cares. Uh-huh. Um, and unless you default on your loan, um, it doesn't really matter. Um, now I'm working on a different model with my other partner named Zach. And with Zach, I don't take out debt at all. He He's taking out all the debt, but he's taking out more sophisticated type of debt, which is not traditional Freddie Mac, Fannie Mae loans. It's more commercial, commercial type of loans. The debt like, is higher. Like DSCRs maybe? Well, yeah, DSCRs, but also... Um, he's, he's, he's making connections with like commercial lenders, gotcha. um, that are starting to trust him. And I think there's an opportunity there to, um, take out portfolio loans and take out other stuff. And, and so he's really been spending a lot of time, um, to try to understand the, the different debt solutions, mm-hmm. because now, now that we understand the equity part of it, now that we have sort of a small traction enough to get equity equity investments now we're trying to understand how to best optimize the debt the debt solutions um and so he is he's doing that um and um he underwrites every i mean we're using his balance sheet we're using him um as part of our our arrangement um okay. i'm i'm not on any of the loans um and he gets compensated for that in the promote and so um 
in the promote, he is um, he, he gets more money um, from uh, from the investors that we bring in than I do, um, simply because he he has all that debt. And um, and then my business is also the property management, so I'm I'm sort of double dipping because I'm getting in from the fund structure, and I'm also getting from from um, the management company. Um, um, and so I, I think both, I think both businesses are really, I really genuinely consider both businesses to be completely separate. It just happens to be that I own both of them. And so one of the businesses is putting together deals, structuring deals together, um, where, um, we're making money for other people and making money at the same time. And that's with, with, with promotes, um, and then the second business is a property management business, which I own 100% of, and I have no interest in sharing it. Um, and so for anyone that wants to, for anyone that believes that they can get equity investors um, involved um, and thinks that they can figure out how to purchase a property, and even if they don't know how to manage it, I think that's a, that's a, great, that's a great way to make money. Um, and, um, and I think that's, that's spoken about less than, than the property management stuff. So, because, so yeah. oh, I'm sorry. So you yeah. keep mentioning the the promote. And so that's honestly a term that I'm not super familiar with. So do you mind just clarifying, you know, because you have you have a partner and so you're, you're, you said you're acting as though these are two separate entities because they are. So you have me over here purchasing a property with an individual, just like I'm, you know, a regular investor. But then over here on the other side of things, you have your separate business, which is your property management business. And so, like you said, you're double dipping, but can you touch on the, what, what the promote sure. is and what exactly that uh, entails? Yeah. So each, each deal has been different. Um, but the, the idea of the promote is that if we're providing the investor a return on their money, we should be compensated for that. So one of the deals that we have, for instance, is um, there's different ways to do it. One of the more simple ones that is easier to explain is when the investor recoups 100% of their initial contribution. After that, we as the managers get 20%. So for instance, if Yonatan were to invest $100,000 into our company, um, once his hundred thousand dollars are returned, every dollar after that we keep twenty cents, and then that's the promote. Then when Yonatan gets two times his money, then we get four, 40 percent of the money back. And so, the more money that Yonatan is making relative to the initial investment that that was originally laid out, um, the bigger the bigger the the bigger percentage that we're making on that money. Um, another another model is the. IRR internal rate of return, and so um, that accounts for the for the for the for the time that the investment was made. Um, and so we have certain structures where after the investor makes back eight percent IRR, um, we start making twenty percent so on and so forth. That's called the waterfall model, yes. um, uh, which uh, people can look up. and And it's 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 really stolen from 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 the finance world, which has been doing it for <laughs> decades. Um, um, but it, it turns out that that's that's an easy way um, to provide um, provide a structure for the investors that want to put in equity. Yeah, so so I I don't want to keep belaboring the partnership, but I really think this is so so valuable to so many people because so many people wonder like how do I structure the partnership? How does this work? So if we could just do like a quick little like mock. Uh, sure. So let's say we were purchasing a million dollar cabin in Gatlinburg, and I was bringing two hundred thousand dollars to you as a partner, and I was going to take down the property in my name using the two hundred thousand dollars as a twenty percent down payment 
on this property, you know, an investment loan. So then how would you structure the rest of that partnership afterwards if somebody was in so that just similar to clarify, situation? So David, you're saying the million dollar cabin, David is bringing in $200,000. Yes. Um, are, and you're taking out the debt as well? And I'll take out the debt. Yes. So then in that case, and so then in that case, I mean, you own a hundred percent of the cabin. Okay. Um, so, so, but let's a more, a, a, a slightly different scenario would be, let's say, um, same million dollar cabin, but you're only bringing in $50,000 of equity. And it, mm-hmm. because let's say it's 20% down. So it's $200,000 equity, $800,000 debt. And so with 20% down, David is bringing $50,000 in, in, in equity. Yonatan is bringing $50,000 in equity. And we have a third investor bring $100,000 in equity. I'll say, well, I would, I, with my, our business model, I also put in equity, but just, uh, so let's sure. say I'm the $100,000 investor. Um, if I'm going out and taking out debt, the, the way I would structure it is very simple. It's, David, you want to come in? I offer you $50,000. That's going to give you a 25% stake in the property. Yonatan's mm-hmm. um, going to get a 25% stake in the property, and I'm going to keep a 50% stake in the property. Now, for putting this deal together, for putting the legal docs together, for finding the property, um, for taking out the debt, I mean, there's a ton of work involved in, in actually getting one of these properties together, especially in a partnership like this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to charge... Um, I'm I'm going to charge you 20% of your profit after you recoup your initial investment. That's okay. just one way. So it's just I mean it's just it's it's pretty simple. If you want to do that great, if you don't want to do that, you can negotiate with me and say, "You know what? Um I only want to give you 10% and and I I might say it makes sense to me or it might not." I mean there there's so many at the end of the day, the person putting together the deal um has to decide for him or herself what makes sense for them, for the amount of work and and the value that they're adding. And so any structure really works. What's worked for for us is 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 charging charging a certain percentage of um and we're actually looking we're actually looking at starting to to impose an asset management fee as well, irrespective of the return. And the reason for that is because um um because there's a there's a lot of lag of when we start making seeing the money from the from the asset management perspective. If, if we're putting this deal together, and I'm saying you're only gonna, I'm only going to start seeing money after you get an eight percent return, uh, a yearly eight percent yearly return, um, that could take a, a full. I mean, that will take a full year before I start seeing something. Um, and so, and and when we're doing the other model where we're saying we're only going to start paying after you recoup all of your money. Um, that could be years though, or until we refire or whatever. So in that okay. case, in that case, I think asset management fee also makes sense. So, so, so let me, so, so David, that was really good questions because there's a lot of people. They were selfish. To, no, 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 <laughs> no, those were, those were excellent because there's a lot of people that want to learn how Elon did it and how he structured it. And like you said, on a lot of other podcasts, they just speak about it high level and never get into the nitty gritty. They don't talk about LLC transfer title. They don't talk about the way the equity is chopped up, how, mm-hmm. what you get for doing the work. So that was, that was amazing. I, I, you talked a lot about having multiple partners that sort of, um, each person can, is, is developing relationships with, with lenders and different debt providers. And that sort of allows you to have multiple levers to pull and you, and, 
but you don't own 100% of that business, which which makes sense. But for people that are trying to go zero to one in your world, Elon, that property management piece that you own 100% of is, is probably like maybe m- most relevant in, in, in the short, short term. And um, is there is this might be a silly question, but is there something that anybody could do to put to raise their hand um, to, to, to people to say, hey, like, I'd love to get like my first property management deal. Is there something it, it might be as simple as like asking somebody they know um, that has a property, to let them manage. But is there yeah. something you would, you would tell them you would tell them to do just to, because the reason I'm asking that question is once they have one property and they could pull up the Airbnb app and it, to somebody who has money, one day they raise money. They have a they have a stool to stand on with those people. They say like I, right. I already have I already 100%. have hundred percent. I already have a deal in Fort Wayne, like David. Yeah, does. you know what I mean. Hundred percent. I think I think I think I've left. I mean, when I started this business, everyone was telling me, "Why are you taking on partners? You could do this on your own." And I've come to realize that I mean that adv- that advice doesn't work for me. Um, I've realized the value in partnerships and I love having partners. Um, and I think a great way to start in this space would be to partner up with people, um, and offer, for instance, perhaps go to the realtors and and start offering, uh, referral fees. So start saying, um, I might not have, or, I mean, or start offering um, minimum guarantees. I mean, that's risk. That's a risk that I took. My first property, actually, with Jeremy, um, he was very hesitant to let me manage it. And I guaranteed him out of my own pocket. I said, if I don't, after my fees, if we don't end up getting the same amount that our previous management company was getting, I'll pay the difference. I guaranteed that. And most recently, I guaranteed that again with this, um, property that I mentioned that I'm that I'm managing that I have no ownership stake in. Again, I couldn't believe how little this guy was making in Asheville, which is one of the markets I understand best. And beautiful property, older guy, doesn't know how to manage. Really weak pictures. Priced priced the same across the entire calendar year. Christmas was priced the same as February. <laughs> um, and I literally, I. I I called him up and I said, I guarantee out of my own pocket that after my fees, you will make the same. And he's currently self-managing that you'll make the same. And that really attracted him. I, I know that made a big difference because when we were negotiating the contract, he said, can you please add that in the contract? And 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 then I put in the number and then he corrected me. No, I made X amount. And we're talking about so little. I mean, this is a property that I think I'll be able to gross probably $150,000 a year and he was grossing 35,000. Oh, I mean, that's gosh. how, I mean, I would, I would, I would be, I would, I mean, but th- that comes with more, with more experience in the market. If I was just new, I mean, it would be hard to guarantee it, but if you believe in your, why should someone else believe in you if you don't believe in yourself, you know? So you gotta, be, you gotta believe that you could do better than they're doing. And, and another simple story, which is the same property is that I actually, Someone, the, my realtor in Asheville actually referred me there. And that's because I had offered her an incentive. I think it was $750 per property, six, per property that I managed because of a referral she made. And so, mm. and so going back to the partnerships, I think, I think talking to people and, and going to these conferences that I would love to 
spend a couple minutes talking about because I think that's where you guys met at a conference and I'm starting to see the value in conferences. Um, but um, just meeting people and starting to offer, say, listen, this is my background. I don't, I've never managed a property. I'll guarantee that I'll do well by you. I think we can both make money. You refer someone to me. I'll pay you X amount or I'll pay you 2% of property management for three years. Or, I mean, offer people incentives, partner up. If you start all of a sudden, you have 10 people working. Now people are working for you and, and they're, they're doing the work and getting you uh, properties. So, dude, I, I love the uh, referral from realtors. If you find a realtor that, you know, is part of, of like the short term shop or something like that, like Avery Carl's group that, you know, all they do is deal with short term rentals. Be like, hey, I'll, I'll throw you a thousand bucks for every person that you refer and to me. Listen, and that's so smart. Why don't you do this? I mean, if you're desperate, if you really, really want to get into this space and um, go ahead and, and not make any money off your first rental, go ahead and offer all the profit. Say, I just, I want you to take a chance on me. I'm willing to offer all the profit that I'm going to make as a property manager for the first property that you bring me. Go ahead and do that. I mean, I've, where else have you, where else can you go out and say, I'm going to start my business just by showing my hard work. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's really relatively simple. If you think about it, if you can add value, go ahead and add value. And just, but, but then again, not everyone has the luxury of, of being able to, to work for free. Um, until, 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 but, but I mean, there, there, there are a lot of ways to do it. What? Well, and, but, but, the, but, but actually it's extremely relevant because somebody might, there might be somebody out there listening that's saying, Hey, I don't know how to get out of this W2 job. I just need, I just need the first lever. I just need the first hundred percent to climb on. And that might just be the leverage to get them number two and number three and number four. And then they're getting, making a little bit of money. And then maybe they can finally raise some money from somebody in their community that they know that they know has a little bit of cash. They could start structuring those, uh, th those. Yeah. Mentioned earlier. Go, go ahead and find your most persuasive friend. The friend that you know is a badass um, salesperson. Go and tell him, I really want to like manage a property. I want to show that I could do this. I'll give you 50% of the profit that I make from year one. If you bring me a property, let him do the work. He's a salesman. It's free. Once, once you get the property, it's free money for him. Yeah. And then, and then another angle you can look at, I know a lot of people, they poo poo on arbitrage because they say, Oh, you're not gaining any equity. You're not doing this, this, whatever. But such a simple way, because I actually have one arbitrage property in Fort Wayne. I just wanted to do it so that I could, you know, speak intelligently about it. And it's such a low barrier to entry. If you can just, uh, you know, communicate with a, uh, with an apartment building and arbitrage is kind of, you know, a little bit of a different animal, but arbitrage is just, you know, you renting a property and then legally and, you know, with the, with the, uh, owner's full, um, consent rented out then afterwards. And so usually you can get in for first month's rent, security deposit, and then the furniture cost. And so you can be in for like four or $5,000. And most of that you can leverage on a credit card. So if you've got the cash for the security deposit and you've got the cash for the first month of rent, you leverage everything else on a credit card. And now you have your first property. Like, uh, like uh, Yoni said, you can pull up your Airbnb app and show it to somebody and say, Hey, I'm making money on Airbnb right now. They don't need to know you don't own it, but you're still making money on Airbnb. And just instantly that gives you so much credibility. It's fantastic. Um, Love that. So I think we need to uh, uh, pivot on just a little bit further because we, uh, we got Can we talk about right for a second? Can we talk about uh, conferences? Because oh, yes, absolutely. Yep. I just love, I'm starting to see the value in it. And I just love going to these conferences. I mean, 
the amount of value that I get from these conferences is just unbelievable. Talking, just go there and talk to people. You know, you'll find the most amazing. Look at Jonathan and David. You know, you guys are starting this podcast, <laughs> um, and you guys made out a conference, and I just love it. Exactly. I, yeah. So I went to uh, the Bigger Pockets conference this year in San Diego, and then I went to Rob's uh, meetup uh, in Houston, his conference. And then uh, one of the first places we went to whenever we started traveling, I was like, I want to go to Denver because, you know, it's it's the Mecca. It's where Bigger Pockets is at, you know, their headquarters. And within the first week of us being there, they had a Bigger Pockets meetup at a brewery that was right next to headquarters. And I got to meet Scott Trench, the CEO, got to meet Tony and Sarah Robinson, got to meet um, uh, Ashley Kerr, the co-host of the Rookie Podcast, met so many people. And like you said, it is so invaluable to be able to talk to these people, meet them. And then afterwards, you can just, you know, th- then it's not like you're just some random person reaching out to somebody and asking questions. You're like, oh, you're a friend. I shared a beer with you or we went out to eat or we had, you know, like Yoni and I, we shared an Airbnb in Houston together. And so uh, just making the connections because real estate, 100% you hear all the time is that it is a partner. It is a, uh, a networking game. It is just getting to know people. And so these conferences, whenever you get, I, I we, Yoni and I were on a high the whole time in Houston because we were surrounded by 350 other Airbnb junkies. It was fantastic. And so I, I cannot agree with you. More. Yonatan's the expert in this no? Yonatan, he, he's good. <laughs> hold on. We, we got to talk about one thing that was crazy that happened. First, first of all, when I get out of conference, before I say this, when I get out of conferences, I can learn more of the problems in the industry so I can think of solutions for them. So if I talk to 350 Airbnb junkies, I'm like, damn, I could add this to fetch it or that to fetch it. Just like, you know, the, but the first day, David, you want to tell them what happened? That was crazy. <laughs> You're so, love yeah. So, uh, the very, uh, so I had a, a vacancy in my most expensive property. It's a townhome in Fort Wayne and uh, it had been vacant for like three weeks. And, uh, I was speaking with Amy Majuri uh, at one of the VIP breakouts about raising capital and my phone was blowing up and I'm like, what is going on? And so finally I get out of it and I look at my phone and my wife says, can you call me? And I'm like, oh shoot, what's going on at one of our Airbnbs? Cause I saw I had notifications too. And she said, did you see the booking? And I said, what? And I looked and it was a $14,000 booking for 182 nights. And wow! <laughs> and uh, it just so happened that Rob was walking towards the bathroom as I was walking out of the bathroom. And so I showed Rob and he was like, no way. He gave me a big high five. So I was like, that, I think that was the, uh, the magic of a conference working right there, man. It was, it was fantastic. That was crazy. Like flipped his phone out. And I was like, oh, we're all peasants and losers. <laughs> I was like, but that, but by the way, for another pod, midterm rentals, we'll get into that. We'll bring you back, Eli. That's all about midterm rentals, traveling nurses, that whole thing. But um, but yeah, that was definitely conference power right there. Yeah. What fantastic. what um David? What do you use um do you use a, a yielding a price yielding tool? So I have Price Labs, but I haven't actually synced it with any of my properties because I. Uh, the competition's getting uh, pretty fierce in Fort Wayne because everybody like, I mean, we're, we're a very open investor community there in Fort Wayne. Uh, some of the guys set up an amazing uh, investor association. And so once all of us started sharing how well Airbnbs were doing and medium term rentals were doing, we've got like 500 Airbnbs in Fort Wayne now. So I like to keep wow. mine at a, just kind of a basic price. And um, I, I just don't know how much benefit you'd get from dynamic pricing with um, I, I'm sure you probably would, but whenever it's going over, you know, months at a time, you know, cause I, I only do 30 days. Oh, for sure. Days. Oh, so, oh no, I would not. Yeah. I, yeah. the, the properties that I have 39 minimum, I'm not, uh, using the dynamic pricing tool. Although I, I hear from, from the folks at wheelhouse, which is the tool that I use, that they're starting to come up with solutions for midterm pricing, um, which I don't know exactly what, what that looks like because, but 
let's see what they come up with. I love Wheelhouse. I mean, I think the data scientists there are great. I love how innovative they are. They're always coming up with new features. Um, um, I, um, I'm a big fan of Wheelhouse. Okay. So, so speaking of price yielding, so then let's, let's dig into that a little bit. What kind of like property management softwares are you using? Cause I use hospitable. I, I, I just, I couldn't justify the price of guesty for myself right out the gate. And so I started using hospitable. It works for me with my medium term rentals, you know, cause they're very, very low maintenance, not a lot of communication. It still handles, you know, the automatic locks and automatic messages, stuff like that. So what kind of is your property management software that your property management company uses? And then what kind of software stack do you layer in under that? Yeah, so I, I've switched over time and now I finally feel like I have a stack that I love. Um, when I first started, um, I did a, I thought at the time I was doing a ton of research and I found the best property management software and I landed with a software called MyVR, which I don't think exists anymore. I was going to say, I've um, never heard of that. <laughs> yeah, and no one heard of it at the time either, which I thought at the time it was anyway. Um, and it caused a lot of problems for me. Um, as I grew, I, I think I now have the absolute best property management software, especially for larger property management companies, which will allow me to grow to hundreds of units, which, which is Streamline Vacation Rental Software. Streamline, the reason I love Streamline is because, number one, I truly believe um, it is the largest and um, most widely used by, by large prof uh, professional management companies software out there. But I think what they do great is number one is they have the best partnerships out there they partner with the the best software providers um and so they have great quality integrations they have great customer service and for me um the most important um the most important aspect of, of it all is is the the trust accounting system um the trust accounting system allows me to know wh where every single dollar is allocated um i used to have google sheets i used to use quickbooks i used to it was, I mean, that was my biggest pain point for a really long time. Like being able to really account for every single dollar with every single property, with all these partnerships, it was getting really confusing. Um, streamline every reservation. I have a trust account where all the money is, is sitting. Every dollar is accounted for. I know this property is owed this amount and, and, it, and that property is owed that, owed that amount. And um, I just absolutely love it. Um, I also used Ring Central for as a phone system for that I use for the VAs. Um, I'm sorry, Ring Central is that what you said? Ring Central. Ring Central. Okay. Ring Central. Um, I have some issues with it, but I still think it's it's the best if if you're looking to grow. Um, um, I use Slack internally um, with the VAs and with the cleaners um, and the maintenance people. Um, I use Wheelhouse for, uh, for dynamic pricing. I use um, uh, Point Central for my lock system. Um, and so that adjusts, uh, adjusts the code every time um, between guests. Um, I use something that I don't love, I, I won't recommend, but I think it's super important to have a system um, that, um, um, a system that allows, um, I'm, I'm sorry, just give me one second. That's no problem. So that's interesting. So he's talking about VAs. Uh, that's something that I really want to dig into because that's going to be hopefully my my next uh, purchase and the things that I, the next thing that I move into purchase. That sounds bad. My next investment that I'm going to invest in somebody as a as a virtual assistant. I think that's going to be super important for sure. I mean, Jonathan, Jonathan's a master. <laughs> they'll, they'll tell you about the virtual assistants, but 
Um, but so, sorry, I had to leave there for a second. I, I'll problem. say that um, the um, super important, um, as, as many property managers know, to get a gauge as to guest ex- experience before they check out or right after they check out before they have an opportunity to leave a review. Um, and I think that um, I use, so I use a property called Duvet um, that just automatically sends them uh, a message and asks them to um, to rate their experience. And then I can gauge if they had a, a great experience. Uh, I, we have a system um, to make sure that we get great reviews. Um, but um, Duvet, I think there are cheaper solutions out there and, and I'm, I'm currently working on finding a better one. Very nice, very nice, very nice. Um, all right. Uh, so I think we're oh, go ahead, Yoni. Yeah, no, I, I think you, this was an, an excellent um, episode. Um, do you have time for do you have time for one more question before the wrap up? Yeah. Question? Yeah, of course. Cool. Um, oh, wow. The hour went by super quick. <laughs> super, super I quick. can't believe it's been an hour crazy that's that's how a conference will go by and you know a weekend will go by in a blink whenever you're talking about Guys, stuff like this this is, this, fun. <laughs> this is so fun elon I, I could just tell you like this the next uh host con conference that 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 david and i go to we're going to be inviting you prom- to our group i'm over. there 100 yeah. i'm there i'll be there you tell me when and where i'll be there no um, no doubt no no doubt so i so something i i this question um could be phrased in a lot of different ways. I think everybody has um, a superpower or a habit or something about them that got them to that, that, that it, it's a character thing. It's a habit thing that got them to where they're at. There's a lot of people that want to do what you're doing in the real estate world. And they, they, and, and so my, my question to you is, is there, is there a characteristic or a habit or something about you? And I know you're a humble guy, so I know you don't like this question, but <laughs> is there something that you think that about you besides for just circumstances that allowed you to get to where you're at right now? Because there's a lot of people want to go just zero to one. And if they hear that from you, they, they may believe in themselves a little bit more. Well, uh, yeah, I, I'll say that. Um, I'll say that having my brother in my life was really helpful. Um, and so I, I use, I use his encouragement a lot. And I, I think, I think without him, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, have had the courage to, to go out and, 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 um, and, um, buy my, my first property after, after the one with Jeremy. Um, and so, um, I think, I think, I think always realizing that there are people that are, trying to set goals and trying to um, think about the people that inspire you. I, I have my brother that inspires me and I have other people that inspire me. And, and I think, I think always spending some time during the day to think about um, what you're trying to achieve, just take a step back, think what's my next goal. What's, what's, what's my goal of the next month? What's my goal for the next year? How am I getting there? Um, and, and talking to people that know you well um, and that you admire um, for feedback, I think is super has been super helpful for me. Um, um, and and, uh, and uh, yeah. sorry, just to cut in just a second. I sure. think that's super yeah. important among people like us because people like us like to have our wheels turning all the time. We we want to yeah. make sure that we feel productive and that we're doing something every single day, making sure we're doing stuff. But it's important to actually take a second, step back, and figure out like what am I trying to do? Like what am I trying right. to achieve? And 100%. is my wheels turning right now getting me towards what that actual goal is? Hundred percent. So taking 100%. a little bit of a uh, little bit of you know, time to actually sit down, think about what are my goals, and then are these things moving towards that? That's brilliant. I love that. 
Yeah. Guys, thank you so much for, for hosting me. I mean, I, this was super fun. I can't <laughs> wait to see who, who else you guys invite and, and other conversations that you, you guys talk about. Um, I'll, I'll be referring some people that I think would be great for you guys to talk to uh, your way. Um, we, well, we've, are, are, yeah. we've got a few rapid fire uh, questions towards the end sure. of we wrap up with. You got a little bit of extra time? Sure, sure, sure. Okay. All right. So first one on the list, what is your favorite deal that you have done thus far? Does it have to be well, your most profitable? It, it, it's I, was say, I was going to say the most profitable or most fun. Uh, I think, um, I think my favorite deal has been, um, I, I, I have to say, I mean, it happens to be the most profitable one too. <laughs> well, um, that's usually the favorite, right? <laughs> it's the one in Asheville, which I did with, with that partner I was talking about, Jeremy. Um, it was the beginning of the Asheville market and um, the property values were so low. And we sort of, it was our second property and we knew enough about the market. Um, it, it was 2.8% interest rate. And we, we sort of knew enough about the market um, to know that it would be a home run. The second we saw it, I just love that feeling when you see a property, you're like, that's the one. let's do it. That's the one. Like, that's a home run. And it doesn't happen often, but when it happens, it, it feels great. And, and so that, that property has a special place in my heart. That's awesome. 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 Okay. Uh, so then another question that we like to throw to people is what's the biggest challenge that you are experiencing in your business right now? And how could the Fetch It listeners help you? Oh, well, um, I think the biggest challenge I'm experiencing right now, I would say it's twofold. I think it's uh, debt, um, even though I mentioned that I have um, a business partner that, that's focused a lot on debt, I still don't love the debt solutions. Um, and so if, if anyone has some great, unique um, uh, debt solutions, uh, uh, I would be interested in, in, in hearing them. Um, and then I think I think another challenge is, is just um, inventory. Um, and, uh, being able to find, uh, great properties. I, I, we're constantly looking, but, um, um, I, I don't know how much, how much help there is to have there, but I, I just think that as, 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 uh, as spring comes, more inventory will come and we're always ready to fire. We have equity lined up. We have bad debt lined up, um, and, um, and we're ready to fire. So if anyone has great opportunities, um, in the $2 million range, $1 million range, um, we're, we're ready to fire. So, so favorite markets, what kind of markets are you looking in right now in case there's a, you know, a hungry wholesaler out there that's got a sweet deal in his pocket? Yeah. Um, we're, so, um, we're still looking in Asheville. I mean, Asheville is still, we still think is, is profitable. Um, we're looking in Arizona. I think, um, many cities in Arizona are attractive. Um, and, um, and and we're still testing two three markets, which I I hesitate to mention because sure. um, I, I still haven't vetted, and I'm, I'm still not, I still don't feel 100 percent comfortable that that they're going to be great. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. That's that's that's, um, that's amazing. So I, I think our, our the last question, which because maybe there are more people that want to give you money or maybe want to reach out and learn from you, um, tell people how they can find you, Instagram, yeah, Facebook, LinkedIn, and also. Um, I don't think we asked how many properties which we should have asked at the beginning. Just tell us how many you're dealing with between both businesses and how people can find you. I think that would be an excellent way to wrap and hopefully you get yeah. some leads. I'm uh, just remembering now, I was going to tell you, I'm, I'm actually decreasing my portfolio because I'm retransitioning the properties I have in Pigeon Forge. I'm selling some of them because I want to, well, anyway, we'll, we'll have to talk offline about that, Yonatan. Yeah. Um, 
Um, but um, so I'm uh, um, so right now I'm dealing with I, I believe it's I think it's 27 properties um, and both businesses are merged um, because um, I don't I don't have any partnerships taking a property that I don't manage. Um, and um, people can find me at my website, MightyTrueProperties.com. Um, they can find me on LinkedIn. Um, um, and um, I'm in the process of hiring a, a social media um, a virtual assistant um, that's going to create an Instagram page for us. So I'm excited for that. That's another way I uh, guess uh, people could help. If they have a badass virtual assistant, I'm always looking for a badass virtual assistant with specialized skills, whether it be accounting, whether it be um, social media, um, just customer service. I'm always looking for the best of the best. Very nice. Very nice. So yeah, if anybody uh, knows any VAs, send them your way. And if anybody's looking yes. for a, a nice Pigeon Forge deal, maybe reach out to him as well. It sounds like he's maybe unloading a few properties. Maybe he can make some, some right. magic happen in the background. Guys, you're the best. I wish you the best of luck. Um, we'll keep in touch. Um, and thank you for having me on. Elon, thank you so much. It was really nice having you. Joni, any other last words? 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. All right. Thank you guys so much. This is the Fetch Podcast. We'll see you later. Bye.